0: Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. This has its own podcast feed. If you'd like to just listen to the PGP each and every week, which is just searching Permission Granted or PGP on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review. That'll help other people find the podcast. Or you can find it on the normal, everyday DA show podcast feed, which has not only the DA show's full hours, but also the best of every single day and Sunday Morning Football, and the PGP. So a one-stop shop for all things DA Show is the podcast feed. You know, before we get into today's action and your wife joining the show today yet again, I want to talk about last week. You missed the show, the, the episode where we did the 12 DA's leftovers, and we wrapped up with Belle Bisque DeVoe. And I think I recounted the story correctly, but I, I was thinking, boy, mores might remember this even better than I do. Okay. I remember you made the Bell Bisque de Vo, which was the bisque for Thanksgiving that Taco Bell was suggesting friends make for their Friendsgivings. Right. And it was basically a bunch of rolled up tacos, heavy cream in a blender, and it became kind of like a soupy dip. And then you dip other tacos in there. Yes. You had made it. You had made it the night before, and then you brought it in to work. We then got tacos from a nearby Tex-Mex place, dipped them in. We all enjoyed it. The reaction on air was, this is actually really good. And then we all got very sick after that. Can you take us through the timeline of eating it and then everybody getting sick from it?
1: Yes. So apparently what happened was, I believe we ate it, I want to say, at the beginning of the last hour of the show. That sounds right. Like it was lunchtime because we had to wait for the taco place to open. We were on
0: 9 to noon last right. year, so this might be around 11 a.m. or so.
1: Right. So let's say we were waiting for about 11 a.m., got them. We ate it on air at about 11 a.m. We were fine. We enjoyed it. Our whole thing was basically, wow, this ended up being pretty good. Good job by Taco Bell. We should obviously make this, bring this to your Thanksgiving. This could be a whole thing. And then within, as soon as we came back from break of the final segment, so let's say we had eaten and it was about a half an hour later, there started to be that look of, like, in the scene in Bridesmaids when they're trying on the dresses and they had just had the really, really <laughs> spicy food. Everybody started to have a little bit of that bead of sweat going, and everybody yeah. nobody wanted to be the first to admit, but something wasn't sitting right. And I believe, I, I could be wrong, but I believe it was Andrew Kaplan who was sitting back in the Wizard of Watch DA chair, which is, was a couple doors down from where our normal studios are, was the first to text up to us and say, guys, something ain't sitting right with me. <laughs> and I think we all started to look at each other, and I started basically banging on. I knew I, I was going to be close to an oopsie myself. Pete was you know, yelling at me that he was sick and he, he's not going to make it home on the train. And we had gotten in your ear, and you said, I am very nauseous too. And apparently Bogus was starting to cause a ruckus in the newsroom. So the I think it was the moment Kaplan sent the text that it was like this release of it was hitting us all at once, and we all felt okay to admit, oh, no, this is going to end poorly for us.
0: Right. And it didn't happen on the air. We had signed off the right. air saying that this is a pretty good dip. And by an hour later, two hours right. later, everybody was pretty sick. Right. Now, we
1: knew we were sick in that last segment, but we just we had to get through the show. And it was after the show that it was a, a nightmare.
0: Oh, so we were starting to feel sick on the, on yeah, the that's show? Yeah, what I said
1: it was, it was like that leading into that last break. I think you might have even ended the show by saying something like, I don't know, the, the Bell Disc DeVoe, maybe is not sitting well for some of us, and we kind of laughed about it, and then it was like, we all couldn't leave the studios that day until they're taking care of some sort of business because getting home was going to be a gamble.
0: It's Wasn't? A tr- didn't somebody come down with a, a raging headache from this?
1: Kaplan, too. Kaplan had it the worst.
0: Kaplan had a headache from the Bell Disc DeVoe.
1: Yeah, headaches, stomach pains. And then Kaplan was the one who led the charge, I believe, to say it was because of the way I transported unrefrigerated. And then I looked up that the food could have been left out for about six hours and been fine because, yes, I didn't bring a cooler on the train with me, which suddenly you guys thought I should have done. And I said, the heck with it the next time you guys make the stupid taquito dip? Yes, that was the debate the next day day
0: was whether the dairy had turned and then we had to go inside. Well, is the sour cream homogenized and how long will it heavy cream? How long will it? It stick for and you had always felt as though you were in the clear that you had made this correctly and that it wasn't the heavy yes. cream turned that instead right. it was the quality of the tacos that we dipped in there from the Tex-Mex place
1: right and not to dig up old wounds here but let's not forget of the four or five of us on the show I was the one who was health certified by the state of New York for working on somebody and took all those classes. Like, I know how long food could be out and transporting food and all of that. Like, that actually isn't a past life of mine that I took seriously. I wasn't trying to get you guys sick. I think the more likely outcome is the place we're leaving nameless that none of us have eaten from. We were the first order tacos for the day, and they probably just took out whatever leftover meat that was half refrigerated the night before, and we were all sick from it.
0: Because I've eaten tacos there before, and it's not a bad place.
1: It's not, but did those tacos that they were very, they were heavier, they were denser, then you are dipping it. And and honestly, it may not have been one or the other, could have been both. Maybe it was a little unrefrigerated and the meat, and we had basically an E. coli cocktail we were putting together. (laughs) It ended up being really bad right before Thanksgiving.
0: The brilliance of the audio is... During the segment, we just are loving life. We're like, ooh, this is really good. Wow, this is surprisingly good. Yeah, I would totally eat this on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I would totally make this. So oh, this would make a good Super Bowl dip. And then four hours later, all of us are just huddled around toilets oh. in all of our sporadic apartments and just couldn't couldn't handle it. And then I don't know if we talked about it the next day on the air. I think we did, how devastating it was. Well, but, we had
1: to have because that's where we came up with, you know, whose fault was it oh, and yeah, what you're exactly right. happened. Yeah. So we definitely talked about it, but I, I believe we never left with a, a firm belief. I think it was a split audience of it was my fault for the way I transported it or it was the taco place's fault. Yeah. And I think it was basically like it was two versus two and somebody was in the middle on whose fault it was. But the most outrage was actually Kaplan because he really started to get the shakes and all of that.
0: <laughs> so that's what wrapped up leftovers last week. And that was fun. And now we zoom ahead and everything that has happened over the last month is eligible for the 2021 12 days of Christmas. And today is a candidate. We'll see how it holds up over time. But you and I getting into it over Doug Peterson, which is going to sound so funny a year from now when we're listening to. Oh, yeah. Remember when we were always arguing over week 17, (laughs) Doug Peterson yanking Jalen Hurts. Like, I, I feel as though this story is a really big story for Monday, Tuesday. Lesser story on Wednesday, no story Thursday, Friday completely overmatched by all of the playoffs. And by the time we get to whatever happens with Carson Wentz, that's the biggest storyline surrounding the Eagles, and it has nothing to do with this. And in November of next year or December, when we're voting on it, we'll be like, oh, yeah, why did we get so angry over the Nate Sudfeld decision?
1: I I do think there will be a moment in time in March... Where even for a day, this is re-brought up because what's inevitably going to happen is the Eagles are in such salary cap, uh, you know, hell as they would call it. And it looks like guys like you know, Malik Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, uh, a lot of these guys are going to be cut. Like, it kind of feels like a lot of these long-standing Super Bowl champion Eagles are going to be falling apart from this team. And inevitably, these guys are going to go sign somewhere. And I'd have to think somebody somewhere is going to ask him a question about week 17 and Peterson not going for it. And somebody might say something. So even if it's for a segment, even if it's for a sound check, the story might come up again, I would say, around free agency when some of these guys sign elsewhere.
0: It'll definitely come up in April when we have the draft and the, the Eagles are on the clock at six instead of nine. And we see what they get at six and who takes what at nine. So it leads to a real good knockdown drag out. And the best part was that I did this at the end of the 640 segment. So I just went into the end of the hour and we've got a hard post to hit, a hard break to go out to the hour at 5450, basically. And you can't extend it because the network has to go to break. All the affiliates have to get the commercials in there at that point before the top of the hour. So I finish up and we have to go to break and it doesn't allow you any time to respond. And you are just getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Now, had you had time at the end of the hour to respond, would it have been more or less angry than you did when you came back off the top of the seven o'clock hour?
1: I mean, I was still, you know, obviously very angry. I was going to say seething. Is that the word? See, I'm going to screw up yeah. these words again. Oh, this that's year. right. Yeah, I, I was seething. But at least I had five minutes to just kind of collect my thoughts. And I felt yeah. I had a better argument at the top of the hour instead of me just, <laughs> going, you know, my stupid high squealy voice where I'm just yelling and I make no sense. But it is funny, D.A., because Bogus and I were both off last week, and you. Th- it, this seems to be the trend where Bogus and I enjoy taking that last week and New Year's off. We both kind of look at it, at, or the holiday week, <laughs> as kind of a – but this is what I'm uh, – let me get to it. This is what, like, we kind of look at it as like a reset on the year. I, I like it from a mental standpoint. the, the end yeah. of the year, the holidays are very hectic, and I like taking off those days just because – I find it to be a good opportunity just to kind of enjoy the friends and family, cleanse the mind, and start the year anew. I'm a big, big, fresh start guy. And I distinctly remember this weekend as I was kind of getting my mind fixated, watching football, a college football play of the NFL, and looking ahead to the show, and I I had this conversation with myself, and I said – you know what? this year we did really good shows, and i 'm really proud of the work we did in the pandemic and everything that happened I, I really am, and I think when we look back on the DA show, we will always be proud of that, but I said this year i 'm going to be less angry, like less naturally angry. I just I want to have fun this year with d a just let 's have the most fun, the most laughs in the world, and and life 's not that serious to get that angry and here we are two shows in and I'm staring at you through Zoom, and I want to take my hands and grab around your neck and go, do you listen to yourself? Do you hear what you're saying? And I was so freaking ticked off and angry today that it actually felt personal at one point. Like, is DA trying to troll me? Is he purposely trying to tick me off and annoy me? So, yes, I do feel like I was still seething and still angry because that was natural, really ticked off anger two days into me saying I'm not going to get angry like that this year.
0: Yeah, you just happened to be representative of the take that I think is so silly out there. And it really doesn't even have to do about you specifically. I have just been watching my social media timeline and I even ignored all of the sports media yesterday on TV and the radio because I just knew what was coming. And it was all of these former players and all of these broadcasters planting the flag for the integrity of the game, blah, blah, blah. You play to win. And this is not about you. I just knew That that was going to be all over. And I was just going to roll my eyes and be like, oh, God, give it up. And so I've seen it so much that that's what was annoying me that I was addressing at the end of the 640. It just so happens that you share that take, but it really wasn't about you because I haven't really even seen you tweet about that. I mean, maybe briefly. And then we talked about it yesterday on the show, but it was really more about I can't believe how many people are taking this tack because I think it's just so silly. And so when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about these people in general, not you. But it sounds like I'm talking about you to you because you have that take.
1: Yes, exactly. I have that take. And you said you didn't even see me tweet this. This take got, I think, the most Twitter interactions I've ever had in my life. Now, we talk often about me having a bad Twitter and I suck and this, that, the other thing. I had 2,022 likes on trashing Doug Peterson on Twitter. That's a lot of interaction of people, which is just shows you how powerful a topic this is. Like people really cared about this, and and a lot of people were in line with what I was thinking. Which just shows you, you actually having the opposite take is usually something that people think I do, and you're staying away because you're rolling your eyes because you think the take is so awful.
0: I think I don't think my take is so awful.
1: No, I know, I know, but it's it's funny because. I think in a weird way, you you stand by your take, and and neither of us ever have takes we don't believe in. They might sound crazy sometimes, but I think you don't understand that your take about Doug Peterson, where you're saying you're rolling your eyes at everybody, is very much one of those takes that, like, if I had it in the past, would be one that you would crucify me for, for trying to be, like, edgy and opposite of what everybody has, which is pretty incredible because it's kind of not your style, to have a take that's really, really going to, like this, you have a few of them this really goes against what everybody thinks your take here. I mean, even our well, boss and, emailed and, us about it.
0: And I think that the reason that my take is so strong is because I can see what I believe is so stupid in the consensus. That's the. Right. It, it's not like there's a couple of people that think this. It's the parade, in my estimation, of this of this anger, this indignation of how dare yeah. you... How dare you? Just let me finish. It's it's silly to me to have this parade of people that are outraged at the, quote, competitive spirit when the competitive spirit is compromised day after day after day in sports all of the time. Now, you and I have debated on the lines, where that line is, whether it was okay to do it for the first pick overall, whether it's not okay to do it for the ninth pick, whether... Benching your starters in week 17, going into the playoffs is okay. Whether your front office stripping down the roster to the nuts and bolts is okay. Whether what the Sixers did with the process is okay. So we don't have to get back into that. That's, that's where you and I, our arguments lie in our disagreement, because we just believe that the lines are different where that line is. But I'm talking about the people that are defiant that sports is always about winning at all costs. And I'm, I'm like, How can you possibly think that and be so obtuse when we're all watching sports all the time that are compromised every day by people that are not trying to, you know, win their best or whatever. So anyway, that's why I was so frustrated and that's why I came out of it so hot. And it led to, and it's so funny that it led to this, but it led to you stomping your feet about doing your best every day. And that you have to be, you have to work hard every day and try to do your best. And if you fall short, it's okay. But you have to do your best and give an honest effort, which is so funny. Because I said this, this is opposite your whole, your whole persona has been built around getting by and doing the bare minimum. And why is everybody so stressed out about doing so much? You know, Take it easy. Like you said, if you were a superintendent you would tell kids, don't read books because it'll stress you out.
1: Uh, yeah, okay, yes. But I guess in, in that argument, <laughs> I just I learned I'm a victim of my own words because <laughs> I do say a lot of things that I assume people realize are tongue-in-cheek, but obviously not, including apparently you, because there are definitely, definitely moments where I have to catch myself because I understand I'm being lazy. But for the most part, I actually think when it comes to, like, working hard and and doing stuff, I have a lot more pride that I portray not having pride, and I understand that comes with the territory. But in reality, I do care and try very much, and I fail a lot, but it's not without trying. And apparently I found myself on the show having to fight that and understand (laughs) that maybe people don't fully understand where I'm coming from, which just leads to people in my own family not understanding, which which is what led to the chaos on Tuesday's show.
0: Well, okay, so let's take the show out of it because – the best part was not putting you on trial for your effort on the show. The best part was your wife putting you on trial for your, your effort in dieting. And that's the thing. Like, you say it's just a joke. It's just a character when you say you would advise kids not to read books. If you were the superintendent, you would say, read less books, kids. Except you actually live that. You have proudly said I've only read one book since the Goosebumps series, and that was the Yankees book that I made you read. The Jorge Posada book. The Jorge Posada. That's the only book you've read proudly since Goosebumps, and that's not a caricature. That's what your life choice is every single day. So is it really a persona, or do you maybe think of yourself in a different way than you actually are?
2: Hmm.
1: Boy, I'm back on the therapy couch. <laughs> Let me think deeply about this. I, uh, Well, I, I guess yes and no. I probably think of myself in a different way. Well, that's a weird way to say it. I definitely have ways of, I think, trying to break the ice and be funny about some of my own problems and you know, sometimes where I'm caught being lazy, I end up digging my own myself my own hole. <laughs> I, I think the point is, deep down, I wake up every day with serious, good, hard-working intentions. And inevitably... That's
0: fair. That is absolutely right.
1: I, I do mean that. And I think inevitably, which is probably tough for me to say these words, because I think, you know, where I'm at if we're doing a big life scale at 33, you know, kid, house, job, everything I love... People would consider a success when in reality on a day to day basis I'm probably a failure at so many little things because of my intentions when I wake up and because I can't stick to my own things when I try them, which I guess if you know I had a bigger scope to take that into like what I was talking about with doug Peterson like i like I have a game plan I try to stick to inevitably it goes awry and I fail, and this happens every day, and it could be small things like. You know, to cleaning out the garage to literally my eating habits for the day or my exercise habits for the day. I, I could go ten straight hours where I'm feeling good about myself, and up oh, here comes Mister Oreo Pack going down my throat while I watch an NBA game, and I ruin <laughs> everything I've built up. So I-, I, I think my intentions on everything in life and my my own personal game plan are to try hard and do everything. I just fail day in and day out.
0: And that's. That is the most honest assessment that I think you've ever had, because when you say I'm going to lose 100 pounds by Taylor's first birthday, when the words come out of your mouth, you really mean them. You really believe I want to be thin because I don't want Taylor to have a fat dad and I'm going to go all out for a 100 pound loss. Now, the people around you go, well, that's not going to happen. That's unrealistic. You've made these bold proclamations before and you've never followed through. And that's the boldest, losing 100 pounds. But you actually believe it as they come out of your mouth. It is then just so quick for you to realize that proclamation is not worth it or it's not realistic. And so you bail on it, and that's where it looks like you're lazy because it's like how much effort did you really give to the bold proclamation, which is why Danielle was so mad at you when you said you've been enabled. Because what she sees is she tries to buy veggies. She tries to buy healthy food. She tries to put granola in front of you. And what do you do? You, you eat some granola. And you do go to the gym sometimes. or You do take a walk. But then, you know, nighttime comes. You're plowing through an entire bag of chips. You've had the buffalo chicken dip for, for dinner and lunch. <laughs> and Sunday comes, and you're just ravaging, mauling fast food like a bear. There,
1: There's there's no doubt. And I think where I end up <laughs> doing the blame game, where I point a finger at my wife and she gets all pissed off, or, or point a finger at my family and get all ticked off, is I, I think I have gone at this for so long with losing weight, and there have been times I've lost a lot of weight. Sometimes I've gained weight back where I, I – I basically am, am have a cry for help where I basically need a babysitter. Like, we have put these stupid locks on, like, some of these cabinets to make sure Taylor, now that she's walking and crawling, you know, whatever, can't open them all up. I literally need, like, a lock on our snack cabinet to make sure I don't get in there at times where I shouldn't be getting in there, and that's, like, my cry for help. But then if my wife goes to do that, I'll be the first one telling her, oh, you're an idiot, but when you want to do this, I, I do have a lot of finger pointing. These are what I'm talking about. I have good intentions when I wake up, and I constantly, constantly fail, <laughs> which is... It's crazy that I've gotten to this point in life where I think if anybody looked at my life, they would probably say, no, it's a pretty solid, successful life for a kid like that or a guy like that. And inevitably, a day of failures each day has led to a successful life, which is also my problem. If I was completely a failure, maybe I'd finally get it, but then I end up not being it. So the whole thing is a blender of misconception.
0: Well, <clears throat> we are really hitting on something here because because you have good intentions, you begin the trek to everything on the right. Road. Everything. You intend to be a good dad. You intend to be a good husband. You intend to be a good employee. That's where your first inclination is pointed. It's just that you easily get pushed off of the trail. And so you wake up every day and you get on the right road and you're pointed the right direction. A lot of people wake up and they're on all of the wrong roads. They are uh, their terrible husband or spouse, they're a terrible, abusive parent. They're an awful employee. They have a terrible attitude. They're, you know, pissing and moaning and blaming and everything. And you every day wake up and you you have the, the right direction. And then just very early <laughs> or late, you just get knocked off that trail every single day. And people find you in the ditch eating buffalo chicken pizza. And so <laughs> then everyone goes, oh, you ended the day the same way. You ended the day the same way. You ended the day the same way. so it's funny that it keeps happening like that but i I got to imagine that's why you blame your parents for the supersized sodas etc because in your mind you're always like i had the best intentions i didn't want to be fat i didn't want to be unhealthy I, i always wanted to be healthy but outside forces you know i'm walking down the trail and there's a delicious soda every single day and a delicious ice cream and a delicious pizza And what do you expect me to do
1: Right. They they always please me, which is also why I still kind of hold it against my mom. And I argue with her all the time about not signing my football permission slip. I've mentioned this a couple of times briefly on the show. The point of that wasn't to not be healthy, and I understand her concerns about playing football, you know, in high school and all of that. But my point was, I'm seeing all these other guys in my grade, and they're getting the proper weight training and the proper, like, coaches on them and stuff. And I really felt at the time that really could have swung me. And I see guys that are in great shape that were flabby like me in high school. And I think that all started on the football field. So I do blame my parents and my family (laughs) for a lot. And I hate to tie this into two PGPs ago, but let's just compare me and Shep for a second, okay? Shep, too, wakes up with good intentions, and I think this is where I become a victim of my own self. I have such an amazing ability, and this is my own eagle slap in my back, where I think it could hurt me at sometimes at being able to laugh at myself and laugh off anything. Like, we bring up my failures here on the PGP and the idea that, like, I make a proclamation, then i not stick to it, and then I get crushed for it, and I end up crushing myself for it, but I can laugh about it and go, what an idiot I am. And my ability to do that, I think sometimes... Hurts me because then it gives off this portrayal that I'm just accepting of it. I'm OK with it. and I know it's a big joke where if I was more of the ship every time I fail, I'm going to be down in the dumps and make everybody feel really bad about me, then maybe I would have more help to succeed from the out because people would actually feel bad. But because I don't allow people to necessarily feel bad because I'm laughing at myself more than anything, I actually think that haunts me in a case.
0: Uh, that's that's very insightful. You are absolutely correct. You do not make yourself a victim. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say that you do point the finger at a lot of people and you do deflect blame, but you don't you don't try to make people feel bad for you. You try to push the buck. You don't make people try to feel bad for you. And so, yeah, it doesn't open up that door for people to do so. But so then, you know, we have Danielle on the show today and she's doing a sit down that she joined us on the phone a couple of weeks ago. This is the first time she's done a sit-down, I think, in front of the camera with you on the same microphone.
1: Right, which is amazing because we obviously have our own studios. We have the opportunity to basically have three in-studio visits or four in-studio <laughs> visits because right now we're all working from separate studios at home. And she she came down – first of all, I didn't tell her to come down the stairs angry and start yelling at me as she was listening to the show up on a smart speaker when I was point and blame. But then when I had to go up and get her after she slammed the door – She was actually even more ticked off the because if it was just radio, she would have been fine. She was ticked off that basically she had just rolled out of bed, no hair, no makeup, hadn't showered for the day, basically looked like a disheveled mother. And I'm telling her she's got to get down and get on camera. So that was another part of it. So to have her slide in in studio, she threw on whatever sweatshirt. She was already annoyed at basically how she would be portrayed on camera on the air and then have to deal with having to defend herself with the old why I'm always a fat slob and shouldn't be her to blame.
0: Well, Danielle put it together real quick because I thought she looked great. And I'm like, if I would have just rolled out of bed, I mean, I would have just looked like a mess. So she she put it (laughs) together very, very well, very quickly. But then that led to. Your mother-in-law texting you, Mm -hmm. how dare you say that Danielle's an enabler? So your mother-in-law, Danielle's mom, thinks that Danielle has constantly tried to help you as well.
1: Yes. So. Man, I can't believe we're getting real deep here. But I, I will tell you, on Christmas Day alone, this came up, DA, with my mother-in-law. Because we were watching old – I got I got like an old videos of Danielle when she was a kid. She had this VHS, and I got oh, cool. it transferred to a DVD and a USB as part oh, of her cool. Christmas present. So she really liked it. It was a good present. So naturally, what do you do when you get something like that? Her mother's over. We pop on the old tape. But Danielle was talking about like how she was like thin, real skinny. And Danielle, half-joking around, goes, yeah, I only put on some weight when I met Sean. And it was like all of a sudden this thing went off in Danielle's mom's head. Like I made her daughter unhealthy at some point. Now, Danielle has is, is lost a lot of weight since, but like – and then I think that was bothering Danielle's mom. And then she hears me point the finger at my weight problems and everything else at Danielle. And I think it really, for the first time in a long time, instead of, you know, my mother-in-law basically having my back on everything in the show, now is defending her daughter, which never has to happen. And she's texting me all ticked off that basically I, I'm, I'm always pointing the blame. And you're seeing a lot of people who have just had it with me in their life. Just,
0: oh, man. It's
1: not, a, it's not a good start to 2021. It is not. I was, again, I had good intentions for the year, and it's January 5th, and everybody hates me.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, this is the perfect microcosm, that you wanted the new year to be positive and happy, and instead, <laughs> within five days, everybody's turned against you.
1: It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but... This is the web I've weaved, D.A., and I have to deal with it, and I have to continue to put one foot in front of the other. I'm just down on life, man. I'm just down yeah. on
0: life. Yeah, well, I'm just <laughs> trashing life in general. <laughs> well, in your, uh, in your defense, our boss actually is taking your side on, nice. this, on this. I mean, one of the quotes from our boss was, the Eagles threw the game. Peterson was not playing to win. I can't believe he thought that was a good idea. Embarrassing. He said, great topic, but I can't believe anybody would actually defend the Eagles for real. Like, our boss doesn't even think that my take right. is real. He thinks I'm just right. doing it for the show.
1: Which I told you, you. I think you don't realize you have a take that a lot of people would be outraged by and feel like you're just saying it to get a rise out of people, but you really believe that, which is which is crazy. Like, that. that is unbelievable. Now, I will say... We love our boss, but let's be honest—he also runs the Giants radio network, and the playoffs <laughs> certainly fattens the pockets of the company. So I have to say, he probably has a little personal investment there. On what Doug Peterson had to say. <laughs>
0: well, what a what a uh, excitable and uh, an eventful Tuesday on the show. He could have never figured by. No, it, it was funny too because. I don't know if you felt this way. This is just a, a little observation. We hit the 630 update and we're usually like interacting with Bogues. And it's kind of like funny and we like joke around and jab at things. And neither you nor I really jumped into a 630 update. Hmm. And it was That's a really true. just kind of like smooth, low key first two segments. And uh, it just wasn't a, like we did Elway's legacy. No big deal. Um, we did sound check. No big deal. And then, I made fun of Joe Judge a little bit in that sound check, but then in at 6.40 is when everything melted down. So we went from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. Yeah. Eastern Time. Within one hour, it was like, low-key, just getting through the morning, no big fireworks, to Maraz's in-laws and uh, wife are melting down over his life decisions <laughs> and <laughs> pointing the blame, and uh, our, our boss is jumping into the fray. I mean, that's how quickly things changed.
1: And, and this all goes to... If one of the reasons I absolutely love working on show every day is that no, in the end it ends up being me being beat on a lot. But when I woke up this morning, and obviously last night I sent the topic list very sober – I was actually very interested in our sports discussions for the show, ranking the wild card games, ranking the coach openings, talking about Elway's legacy. Like these are all things last night when I'm sending stories, I'm like, wow, okay, this would be my opinion on this. I wonder what DA thinks of this. And I, and I'm feeling like we're going to have a really good sports heavy show. And in fact, the one funny thing I wanted to get to on the show, <laughs> we never got to, which was the fat lineman on the Pittsburgh Steelers have an absolutely no butt. And yeah. we, we didn't even get to that because of everything that came awry. That is where I thought the funny stuff was going to happen on the show. I never, once when my alarm went off this morning or last night thought that we were going to turn into an hour of doug peterson's stupid decision on something night, <laughs> leading to a pile on on me and my life and me not trying which just again 2021 it could be 2013 14 15 2021 it doesn't matter when we wake up into the show where we think we're headed we're oftentimes not and that's usually where the best stuff of the show comes from
0: i do want to get to that story though because uh a Steelers lineman made fun of his own lack of butt, even though he's a defensive lineman and should be, you know, and he is a big guy. So <clears throat> can you be a, a big guy, a lineman, and not have a butt? I do think we have to delve into this on Wednesday's show.
1: Yeah, well, again, if I was most looking forward to it, I hope we don't bury it. I mean, flat ass talk, that is right up my alley. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully, we can get it past my work ethic and start talking about doing squats. I think that would absolutely behoove us. <sighs>
0: Uh, is it bogus on side B?
1: It is bogus on side B. We're going to we're gonna wing it just like we won side A and see what happens. I do, in 2021, want to get back to swing or a miss. Things got through on the holiday. Let's we'll have time to collect our thoughts, and we will get to that at another point on the PGP.
0: Well, the last two weeks have been doozies. Two weeks ago, side B was the Shep side B, which was excruciating. And then last week was the 12 DAs of Christmas all – which sewn awesome. together into one long quilt which was uh, a suggestion from my friend pens so we did that and i think that was a real popular choice so this is the first time that we're all kind of back together doing this so i th- i think we uh we owe it to 2021 to do it big let's do it okay well, side b's coming up How oh, <laughs> do
1: it is side b of the pgp and it is the first of 2021. This is Baraz. Also, side B, executive producer of the DA show, yada, 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 skipped over the best part. Andrew Bogus joins me. Bogus, happy 2021. How are you?
2: Hey, Sean, I'm I'm really well happy. happy new Year to you and yours. It's good to be back with you again.
1: Happy New Year to you and yours as well. It is a new year. We start anew. Ah, smells good. Feels good. I'm happy that the show's off to a right foot. I just did side A with D.A., and let's just get into this part of it. I had good intentions this year, folks. I really don't want to fight with anybody this year. I want to have a good, let's just laugh for the year. And I got angry right away at D.A., and he ended up turning somehow an eagle's take on Doug Peterson into a, a referendum on the job I do on the show. Let's just see where you sit on that. Unfair of D.A. to lead it down that road, which eventually led to my wife on the show.
2: Well... Did Diego charging through a door that you opened? Yes. Um, could he have pulled the reins back? Maybe. But you also kind of stepped in it because, as he said, like you're not normally the spokesperson for you know commitment and trying hard and effort and whatever. So like when you start saying that's the most important thing, I think his natural inclination is to respond and call BS on you, and then it goes way down the road, and then. Trying to dig yourself back out, you dig yourself even deeper, and that brings your wife and your mother in law, whomever else is going to come out of the woodworks later today. So, I mean, it's you know, it's you know, it's like a it's not 50 50, um, but there definitely is shared blame, I guess, in this.
1: Well, let me ask you since we're, we're ripping off honesty here on the PGP, because I like to have fun and poke fun at myself, and obviously, a lot of things I say tongue in cheek, but apparently. I need to change the perception of me or at least the way I say things because a lot of times people take things a little way too serious. Is your – and honestly, this doesn't have to be a D.A. thing. Is your honest
2: perception of me that I don't work hard? No. No. No, 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 no. It's not that you don't work hard. Um, what, what's the right way to describe – so I think it ends up being like backlash to you puffing out your chest – when like you do things that really aren't that like that much heavy lifting like uh, when we we're giving you crap about posting about being in penn station so early in the morning when you switch to morning out like there's a bazillion people who are doing that and no and not any everyone is sharing it on social media hopefully to get sympathy a pat on the back a hug so like you looking for like validation i think sometimes Sends people in the other direction, like to call you on stuff that like we all do, i mean we 're all all lazy, and we all no matter what, we all could do more um you know d a might be like doing nine out of ten possible on a scale of one to ten doing a nine amount of work, but he could still do ten. I might be at a seven, I could do eight like I know there are things that I could definitely do more of that I forget to do that I choose not to do that i 'm just straight up lazy um so like we 're all guilty of it, but I think. Sometimes when you when you like even lightheartedly like try to get credit for stuff that seems normal and mundane that leads to this backlash of pointing out the times where you're on your couch drunk typing up a topic list filled hmm. with grammar and spelling mistakes while kind of sexy talking to your wife about having pie later. Interesting. I do want some pie right now. So on that
1: point with my wife. <laughs> I think that's totally by the way I think everything you said just now was totally fair. I do have to say, I cannot believe that Tuesday's show ended up with my wife storming down the stairs inevitably being on the show. And as I just pointed out the DA, also not a happy camper that basically she just rolled out of bed as any basically female would feel like. Give me a chance to do the makeup, the hair, the whole thing. There was no time for that. Is there anything that you could possibly say on the air that would even subtly reference your wife that she would make sure in the other room to storm in and have to peer on air to defend herself? Is there any, is there any scenario that would even happen
2: with a Katie Bogus I, I don't think she'd ever, it would get to the point where, like, she would come storming in unless I was telling you about, like, my girlfriend on the side. And that was, like, 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 then nothing, like, but, like, we don't have. How is she there's doing? There's nothing. Though? She's she's doing really well. You know, it's been tough. It's hard to see her. How am I, I going to lie my way into those meetings, you know? Um, so like so like a regular thing is not I, I don't know because she doesn't really even listen. I mean that's the thing too. Like I said this the other day, I think to you guys or maybe to to on on Rider than you. Like my we've been together for twenty years basically now, married for it's going to be fourteen years in April. And whether it's radio or something online or a basketball game, like she doesn't pay attention, and it, like I'm that's great because I'm I'm a big like. Work is here, home is here, like, they're separate things. Like, I don't want to complain about work. I don't want to talk about the good, like, it just work happens. And then I come home, and we do our thing, and the kids, us, you know, family, friends, whatever. So, like, I like the disconnect. So, until, like, I was here talking in the house, I mean, she knew nothing about what was going on at work. (laughs) Now that I'm here, and she can just hear me by accident... Um, I think like once or twice I've gotten like a mean look after the fact, but nothing is going to ever make her (laughs) come charging down here and and, and grab the microphone and start killing me.
1: Yeah, I do think that working from home is where my wife really started to listen, and I think also part of it is she wants to make sure, and I think it's my own problem, that I've put my total life on display. I can assure you she's not listening to see how Herm Edwards is doing at Arizona State, so when she hears something. Like that. And she comes rumbling down to stare me down. I guess I am a victim of my own. Maybe I need to just talk about my family. What do you think? Talk about my family less than 2021.
2: Well, I just I, I think you need to find like find the rules, find the borders, find where the where you can't go with things like you, yourself is free game, obviously. I mean, you can choose to tell us everything you want about yourself. Oopsies right. and whatever. Yeah, and even I think that, like you know, I, I've told you on the air, like there are times you don't have to share, but if you're going to share, you can share whatever you want about yourself. But like there wasn't, you didn't have to. It made no sense to throw everyone around you under the bus on on Tuesday and trying to defend yourself against DA. There was no reason to go, even if it was even if it was right, by the way, factual. You, you gain nothing by going. Well, my sister and my aunt and my dad and whomever do me no favors by bringing White Castle over on Sunday afternoon, like that's, that's not mm. their fault. And even, or again, even if it was, it just doesn't, I don't see the point of throwing them on the bus on our platform. Like you can fight for yourself and defend yourself without bringing them in and opening yourself up to even more damage.
1: Well, Bogues, I think that we've learned with this last hour in the PGP, a lot of therapy might be needed for one Sean Moraz <laughs> in 2021. It might be you know, too late. It might be too late. And for that, it's going to do it for the PGP Bogus. And we can follow you and all your sympathy on Twitter.
2: That was fast. Should we make fun of Pete or somebody real quick? Like, what do you? Well, we I'll tell you why.
1: We went, we went long on side A. And I know. I, I'm <laughs> trying to be good to Pete because I know Pete has to wait around, wait for these to upload, email them to me so I can edit it. And the longer he stays, the grouchier he is. And much like happy yeah. wife, happy life, happy Pete, happy feet. That's the way I'm looking at it in 2021. <laughs>
2: okay, then.
1: All right. So you could follow you on Twitter. At Andrew Bogish. And you can follow me on Twitter. And Instagram. At MerazCBS. Have a great, great weekend.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Doncic.